Hyatt's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, we're about an hour away from NFL football, so it's going to be an involved day. To the gamblers, let me just say, I just learned that this is the first time in something like 20 years where after the first four weeks of the season, the gamblers, the public, is beating the sports books. Right? We'll see how it goes the rest of the year. For me, it's been rocky these first four weeks. Uh, apparently, my cat thinks so, too. Um, I thought Russell Wilson would have a good week passing last week. He uh, threw for three touchdowns, won the game, didn't hit 250 passing yards. So it's been a rough opening for me. Uh, we'll keep at it. But just to understand, right now, the public is having one of its best years ever in gambling against Vegas. So we'll see how that turns out. Let's talk about, and let's be critical here. This is not a fan club site. Rather, we're here looking for ways to beat the casino. We want formulas. We are looking for technique. Let's be critical here. And looking at Gilberto Ramirez's victory over Joe Smith. Now, first, let me point out the obvious for anyone who saw this fight. The uh, judging was atrocious. There is simply no way that Joe Smith only wins one round in this entire match. I would say the fourth round was competitive. I would say the first round was competitive. I would say the seventh round was competitive. The last three rounds, Joe Smith has his moments. Now, while I agree that Gilberto Ramirez won the fight, there is no way that he won the fight by nine rounds to one. And just to understand, that's the margin that each of the judges had the fight at, right? Nine to one, eight to something like that. Ridiculous, right? I would say that boxing really has a problem, even in a fight like this, where the guy who actually won the fight was declared the winner. I believe the sanctioning bodies need to look at the judges, need to talk to them, need to sit down and go over rounds and ask the judges, how did you only have Joe Smith, an active fighter, win one round out of 10? Right? That's the first thing. Boxing has a problem with judges. You know, crowds tend to act in ways that we would not act individually. Right? Crowds have an identity of their own. There seems to be a crowd mentality in boxing at some of these boxing matches. I offer this fight as Exhibit A. Now, that's the first thing. Let's talk about some other things. You know, both of these guys gained weight. I will say that I thought both of these guys looked good at the higher weight. Let's call this fight Exhibit A as well for the argument that sometimes gaining weight's a good thing. That being weight-drained and losing water, cutting weight, as they call it in the trade, 
losing more than seven pounds in the 72 hours before a fight, um, sometimes that's just a bad idea, right? Let me point out that um, you look at fighters who've been badly hurt in fights, and often, if you research it long enough, you'll see that they cut a lot of weight right before the fight. I believe cutting weight hurts your punch resistance. I believe cutting weight hurts your focus during training camp. In other words, you're focused on losing weight. Part of your day isn't to improve cardio. It's spent dropping pounds, right? I don't know how many of us feel energized on a diet. I don't think you do, especially when you understand that while you're dieting, you're going to have a major athletic event in front of you, right? So this fight's interesting because, of course, the two guys gain weight. I know Joe Smith was a little disappointed with his performance, but understand Joe Smith is still active in the 10th round of the fight. Gilberto Ramirez, shockingly, had legs the entire fight. Right, kudos to Malik Scott and his corner. Let me also point to another dynamic in this fight. You want to see a fight where a fighter's doing well, thinks he knows best, starts disregarding what his corner has to say. That's Gilberto Ramirez in this fight. Right, understand Malik Scott is telling him during the fight, look, you've got to pump a jab. Malik Scott even goes so far after one round to tell him, look, even if you're not hitting him while you pump the jab, you need to pump the jab so that you control the spacing because Joe Smith isn't that effective from long range, right? Joe Smith is a hooker. He's best at mid to short range, not at long range. Right? This is not the last king of Scotland. This is not Martin Bacoli, who's one of boxing's few long-range hookers. Right? This is more of a Danny Garcia guy. Mid-range, short-range hooker. So Malik Scott's telling his fighter, who is a highly skilled fighter, but apparently also a stubborn one. Malik Scott's telling him, hey, shoot the jab. It'll make the fight easier. And Gilberto Ramirez doesn't for some odd reason. Instead, he puts himself at risk. He's moving around the ring. He decides he's going to use his legs, not a jab, to create distance. Now, keep in mind, by the way, Malik Scott, when he was a fighter, was a mover who used the jab to create distance. So Scott's talking his past, right? Scott's telling Gilberto Ramirez, things that Scott himself did as a fighter. Instead, Ramirez against a slugger. Against a slugger. Ramirez is moving around the ring, and he's moving into the most dangerous parts of the ring. He's up against the ropes. This, by the way, is a fight where he's getting hit flush with shots. The reason why Joe Smith did not win this fight by stoppage is because Gilberto Ramirez has a great chin and was willing to take 
punches. Let me just say there's a Joe Joyce element to this fight. I'm just telling you great granite chins are only relevant until they crack. Right? Gilberto Romero has won this fight, no question about it to me. Right? He wins at least six of the rounds. Right? Not nine, but let's say six of the rounds. Let's just say his chin could have cracked on a number of occasions because he gets hit flush. Let's criticize Ramirez a little bit too. He's a southpaw, right? He makes this mistake repeatedly in the fight. He's a southpaw. He's tall, right? So it's going to take some effort to land body shots and understand Throwing punches to the body is a major part, a major part of Gilberto Ramirez's game. So just understand, he's fighting Joe Smith, a hooker who has an excellent right hook, a guy who has punching power, has a bunch of knockouts. Now, my point to you is simply this. If you're going to throw your left hook, and I understand it's Ramirez's major hand. His nickname is Zerdo, which translates to southpaw, right? If you want to throw your left hook to the body, you need to make sure that Joe Smith fires his right hook first. In other words, you don't want to throw that left hook to the body as a lead, because if you do, Joe Smith, with a dangerous right hook, could hit you with that right hook up top and you'd have no protection. And why would you have no protection? It's because Gilberto Ramirez's defense is basic. In other words, he's trying to throw body shots. He doesn't have a hand here. He doesn't know how to put this hand on this side of his face, right? You're not dealing with Floyd Mayweather here. And so just, just understand that he's throwing his left hook and he's a southpaw, so it's his back hand to Joe Smith, a slugger's body, as a lead punch. And then Joe Smith, and this happens a number of times in the fight. It's not an errant mistake. It's a structural defect. Joe Smith is able to tee off and hit Ramirez flush with his right hook. Folks, Joe Smith is right-handed. This is Russian roulette. Now, I understand. Fighters who have taken punches in the past think, oh, I can take his punch. Right? I'm just telling you at 32, and understand, that's an age where Marvin Hagler walks away from the sport. At 32, you get into your 30s. And taking punches like that is perilous. You could well find yourself on the canvas like Joe Smith did. Excuse me, like Joe Joyce did in his last fight. Right? Ramirez wins this fight because Ramirez takes many Joe Smith right hooks because he carelessly is throwing his left hook to Joe Smith's body as a lead punch and not a counter punch. Let me just say, if you're going to be that reckless, 
you might as well throw that left hook to Joe Smith's head. At least by throwing it at Joe Smith's head, you have something in the way between you and Joe Smith's right hook. Right? Let me say, too, Joe Smith makes mistakes. Right? Joe Smith is active. Joe Smith likes to throw hooks. If you're a mid-range hooker player, you need to be at mid-range before you start throwing mid-range hooks, don't you? Understand, Ramirez is moving back. Joe Smith needs to think about throwing fewer punches, making sure he's in punching range before he starts his onslaught. Because what was happening in this fight was Joe Smith would be in a position where everyone in the building knew he was going to start throwing punches. Then Smith would start throwing hooks and Ramirez, who's mobile this fight, Ramirez would back away. He has a back foot. So Ramirez would back away and Joe Smith's hook festival would miss by two to three inches. So understand, if the judges see you missing like that, they're going to think to themselves, oh, okay, this guy's having an off night. This guy's not fighting the fight he wants to fight. He's missing punches. We're going to give this round to his opponent. Now, that didn't happen enough to me to justify a 9-1 scoring card, right? But just understand, Smith misses a lot of shots. What Smith should have done is gotten out of his rhythm and realized that Gilberto Ramirez is trying to move backward. He's trying to be back foot in this fight. And Smith should have taken a step forward, especially given how reckless Ramirez was with his back foot. You've seen guys like Juan Manuel Marquez be backing up all fight and never back into the corner, never, never be pinned between the other fighter and the corner, right? At least not when he doesn't want to be. Well, here, Ramirez is recklessly backing into the ropes repeatedly against hard-hitting Joe Smith. Now, Joe Smith needs to look at the tape, and he needs to ask himself why Ramirez, when Joe Smith would have him pinned up against the ropes, was able to take a step forward and just twist Joe Smith and then move back to the middle of the ring. Right, Joe Smith should have been more like Gennady Golovkin, who would get a guy up against the ropes and then would know how to not allow the guy to clinch him, to spin him. Right, would know how to get the guy up against the ropes and then would take a step back so the guy couldn't grab him. So Golovkin could keep him up against the ropes. Here, Joe Smith... The spacing's off for Joe. He's either too far away when he's throwing hooks or when he gets up close and he has Ramirez pinned, he's too susceptible to just being grabbed, twisted, and to have Ramirez then move to the middle of the ring. Right, so this fight was interesting. Both guys were doing some things the wrong way. Right, Ramirez is 
playing Russian roulette with a slugger, where he's getting hit with a bunch of big shots, recklessly, by putting himself in harm's way. Let me also say, too, Joe Smith against a guy with an uppercut. Ramirez, coming into this fight, is known for throwing an excellent uppercut. Joe Smith doesn't figure out how to block the uppercut for most of the fight, right? I want Joe Smith to look at old films of Evander Holyfield, right, folks? You could be fighting a Mike Tyson and know how to have a hand like this, an arm bar. So if the guy throws an uppercut, at least you have your chin above an arm bar your arm will catch some of them. Here, just like Ramirez has a problem blocking Joe Smith's right hook because he keeps throwing his left hook to the body as a lead and not a counter, Joe Smith has a problem blocking Ramirez's uppercut. Right? So, fascinating fight. Right? I thought both sides make tactical errors. Gilberto Ramirez wins the fight in part because he has more energy above 175 than he did below 175. In other words, he was weight-draining himself to the point where he lost his legs. Ramirez, with his legs, is much more dangerous. You can tell Joe Smith thought he was going to be fighting in the pocket. Instead, think about how ridiculous this is. Ramirez shows up for this fight with more foot movement than he had against Beevil, a guy who moves far more than Joe Smith. Right, so this is an interesting fight. I believe Ramirez wins it because he has a good chin. Right, at least he does right now right? I would hope the people around Ramirez would tell him, player, that's not the way to do it, right? These great chins where guys don't blink as they're getting hit flush on the chin. I'm just telling you, when you're fighting in your 30s, your body is not the same as it was in your 20s. Right? Joe Smith now is finding out that he can't take the punch of a Gili Zhang, who, in my opinion, came close to stopping him in the first fight. I'm not talking because of a busted-up eye. I'm talking about he came close to stopping him, period, in the first fight, stops him in the second fight. Ramirez can't go through life with the heavy hitters that are out there at heavyweight. I understand this fight was at cruiserweight, but let's face it. Even though it had a catch weight, Ramirez clearly comes in the ring weighing well north of 200 pounds. Keep in mind, this is a 6'2 guy. When you're looking at his thighs, when you're looking at his legs, when you're looking at the meat on the bone above the waist, right? you're seeing a guy who weighed at least 205. Right? My point to you is, we're in a slugger's era in the heavyweight division. Don't look at the very top. 
Fury, and Usyk. What I want you to do is to look at Joshua. Look at Big Baby. Right? Look at Jili Zhang. Look at Joe Joyce. Look at Luis Ortiz. Folks, you cannot eat right hands from any of them or a left hand from Luis Ortiz, the southpaw, right? Let me just say, too, you can't allow yourself to get hit flush by Andy Ruiz in the pocket because if you're dazed for even a moment, like Gilberto Ramirez was here a few times against Joe Smith, Ruiz is a combination puncher, and he'll run you through three or four more hard shots, right? So Ramirez has to figure out how to be more elusive, right? He needs to listen to his corner more. Pumping a jab would have been a great idea for him, right? You pump the jab, the other guy is cautious, he's outside, gets desperate, starts reaching for you. Then you figure out a way where he can reach with that right hand, then you counter him with the left hook to the body. Now, all of that said, I thought you saw masterful body punching otherwise by Gilberto Ramirez. Let me point out, too, that he's two-handed, what he should have done, and I know he loves his left hook to the body as a southpaw, but he should have keyed off a little bit more on the right hook to the body. That was effective, and that didn't carry the same level of risk as leaving yourself open to Joe Smith's right hooks off of throwing your left hand to the body, right? So I know on the telecast, Chris Mannix pointed out, and I thought Mannix did a great job. Chris Mannix pointed out that uh, many people view the cruiserweight division as a stopover on a flight to the heavyweight division, right? Okay, fine, and I know they mentioned Joe Opataya, excuse me, uh, Jay Opataya as a possible future opponent for Gilberto Ramirez. That'd be a fascinating southpaw on southpaw fight. And Opataya doesn't hit as hard as Joe Smith does, right? But I do think the big money and for you promotional types out there, tell me where I'm wrong. I think the big money's in the heavyweight division. I think the heavyweight division in general is older than the cruiserweight division. I think there's some guys at cruiserweight. Let me talk about a guy who pumps a jab, Lawrence Acoli, who himself should be in the heavyweight division. But Acoli uh, would give him a hard time. Night Train, uh, Richard Reactpour would give Gilberto Ramirez a hard time. Why deal with a hard time for less money? If I'm going to get less money, I might as well jump to the heavyweight division, right? Fight Jermaine Franklin. Get your feet wet. Fight against a guy who has a style that's going to make the fight exciting, but who doesn't quite have that Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder level of power, that Robert Hellenius level of power. Right? I think Ramirez at 32 is younger than many of the guys in the heavyweight division. Right, I think the weight looks good on him. 
right? Much more active in this fight against Joe Smith than he was against Bevel, for example, at 175. If I'm Ramirez, I think heavyweight and big payday. Before I start focusing on the cruiserweight division, because let me just say the cruiserweight division still has some dangerous dudes, right? If Maris Breedis broke Opatia's jaw in two places, if Breedis, who still to this day gave Usyk his toughest fight, right? If Maris Breedis is still in the running at cruiserweight, and if Breedis is able to land some of the shots Joe Smith was landing against you, in a fight at Cruiser where Breedis has been for longer than one fight, right? Which is the length of time Joe Smith has been in, at Cruiserweight. In fact, Smith did have a fight where he weighed 180 in the past, right? But Breedis will weigh more than that. My point to you is fighting a Breedis without the big heavyweight payday doesn't offer the risk-reward of fighting, let's say, a Jermaine Franklin out of the heavyweight division, right? Anyway, that's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Also, final words to um, Gilberto Ramirez. Next time, pump your jab a bit more. Thanks for stopping by.